everyone. I'm Maike Slot, and you're listening to Do We Click, a monthly research podcast on the digital relationship between journalists and their audiences. Do We Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University Rotterdam. This is episode 6, in which Tammy and I analyze the motivations and news consumption behavior of young people. It's a bit of a detour for my regular research question, because we will share the results of a small-scale news consumption survey filled in by the first-year students of the International Bachelor of Communication and Media at the Erasmus University of Rotterdam. When I visit my parents on the weekend, they always move to the couch as soon as we're done eating, so that at exactly 8 o'clock they can turn on the TV and watch the news. Normally they ask me to join them, but I rarely ever do, and after a long time they finally learn to accept that. They actually make a lot of jokes about how I'm such a millennial. I do everything on my phone, and that includes getting the news. Ah, the Dutch national broadcaster NOS uploaded something to their Instagram stories again. I clicked to see what it's about. An update about Dutch student loans. The government changed its mind and will not increase the interest on these loans, so good news! I immediately shared the post, and while I'm at it, I have a look at the comments. A lot of people seem to raise the same questions I'm thinking of, and it's great that the NOS actually responds to them. That one I'll screenshot. I think I'll be able to surprise my parents with those details. I check out some of the other posts on the profile of NOS Stories, and well, I'm on Instagram now anyways. I might as well post that cute picture of me at Amsterdam Open Air this weekend while I'm at it. One of the important conclusions of academic research about engagement is that you need to know your audience. And more importantly, that you understand the motivations of your audience members, because motivations can influence the level of engagement. It will enable you to put your audience data into perspective and also show you what audience members might be looking for on your website. When your audience primarily has an information motivation, it will be unlikely that they will participate very actively on your website. They just want to know. Audience members who seek the news because they are socially motivated or because they want to be entertained will be more active and more engaged with your website content. And participation that does not require a lot of effort, such as sharing options below an article or a poll, will increase their feeling of engagement. In my research, I already interviewed many journalists. In general, News organizations have dedicated groups of audience members who always visit their websites or read their newspaper, view or listen to their news broadcasts. The audience group that news organizations struggle the most with are young people, say between 18 and 28 years. It is very challenging to reach them, interest them in news and engage them. This might be an issue since they are the audience of the future. That is why I decided to take a small detour and consult my current first-year students of the International Bachelor of Communication and Media about their news consumption. Over 200 of them fill in the questionnaire, and let's see what the results tell us. First, it is important to know who these people are, so you can place the results that I will share with you into perspective. Tammy is here in the studio. Since she is also an IPCOM student, currently enrolled in the second year, she might be able to give us a short update. Tammy, 
How would you characterize the first years? Well, first of all, it's very international. Although almost half of them have the Dutch nationality, the other half comes from all over the world. Germany, Turkey, Vietnam, Ukraine, Korea, India, South Africa, Venezuela, just to name a few. So, lots of different cultures and backgrounds, but what they all have in common is that they study media and communication. So, although they come from many different places, they have similar study interests and work together in the same courses. And what about age and gender? To be able to say something about that, I've analyzed the anonymized data from the survey. Most of them, 87%, indicate they were born between 1998 and 2000. That means that they're now between 18 and 21 years old, what is often called Gen Z. A difficult age group for news organizations to reach. So they are the generation that comes after the millennials. Yes. According to McKinsey, this generation is the first generation that truly grew up in a digital world. They're very comfortable in online environments and get their information from different sources. McKinsey characterizes them as being the generation that searches for, quote-unquote, truth. An interesting concept since we are discussing fake news or disinformation so much lately. Gen Zers, according to McKinsey, are very much keen on expressing themselves individually. They do not want to be put into boxes. Interesting observation, since we're actually doing that at the moment. True. As you always say anyway, there's not just one audience. As an exercise, it might have a certain purpose for now, though. Let's try to get to some essentials for the younger target group here, because Gen Zers are also supposed to mobilize when they think something is not right in the world. But instead of seeking a negative form of confrontation, they believe in the power of dialogue to solve conflicts. They are pragmatic and analytical, at least... That is what the McKinsey report is stating. Does this refer to them as being woke? The way younger people on Instagram were referred to in one of my interviews? I think you can say that. Woke really means being aware of injustice in society, especially regarding topics like race or sexism, any form of discrimination, really. And those are definitely topics that this age group are involved with. Back to the topic of gender. We can certainly say that it is not a 50-50 division in our bachelor. Way more women than men are studying IPCOM. Almost 80% of students who filled in your questionnaire are female. Good to know. When we discuss the results of the survey, we need to take this into account. Now we know who the students are, let's see how they describe the news. I asked them to write down their personal definition of it and made a word cloud of all the words that they used. In a word cloud, the more often a word is mentioned, the bigger it is. This enables an analysis in which the most important words that are used can be selected. I can't show you the word cloud here, obviously, but I can safely say that many students use similar words to define the news. The word that is used the most by 67% of students is to inform. The news is representing information. Other very often used words are events, world, and what is happening. We can conclude that the majority indicates that the news is informing us of events that are happening in the world. Some add that these events should be current, relevant, noteworthy, or important. Some add facts or stories. Only a very small minority mentions that the news is objective or neutral. Only eight students mention this in their definition. Overall, we can state that the students have a very general definition of the news. They do find the words to describe the type of media content, but are not very specific where this news comes from or how it is published. Only nine 
mention the word journalist in their description. Most of my first-year students seem to be interested in the news. Almost all of them, 92%, think that it is important to stay up-to-date by checking the news. And it seems they are checking very regularly. 98% check the news at least once a week. More than half of them, 57%, at least once a day. And for two-thirds of the students, checking the news is actually a habit. If one thing stands out, it is that they are truly a mobile generation. Temi, can you tell us more about the technologies that the students use to check the news? Yes. We asked the students to indicate how often they use certain technologies to check the news, and the results showed very clearly that all of them use their smartphones for news consumption. 93% of students even say they use their smartphones often. The second most used technology is the computer or laptop. Almost all of them, 98%, use their laptop to check the news. The difference is that they use their laptops less regularly. 54% uses their laptop often, 35% sometimes, and 8% seldom. We can surely say that smartphones and laptops are king when it comes to news consumption practices of young people. What is interesting is that tablets are not really popular at all among this group. 72% never uses a tablet to check the news. Maybe they just don't have a tablet, or maybe they use it for different things. Now, what about news consumption on television or radio or in newspapers, the more traditional news media? In general, all three are used by students. Television is used for checking the news by 86%, newspapers by 67%, and radio by 65%. Those still seem like very solid numbers. Yes, but looking at the results more closely, you can see that it is slightly more nuanced. All three media, and especially newspapers, are used, but not often. Television is still used the most. At least 13% uses it often, 49% sometimes, and 25% watches it seldom. With radio, this is less. 5% listens to news on the radio often, 31% sometimes, and 29% seldom. Newspapers are even more sparsely used. Only one out of 206 students is reading a newspaper often. 23% reads a newspaper sometimes, and 44% seldom. You can imagine that most students only read a newspaper when they happen to see one somewhere. For example, in the train or at their parents'. A newspaper subscription costs money, of course, and only 4% of students indicate that they actually pay for their news. That's indeed a more nuanced picture and interesting for news organizations to take into account. When they want to reach young people, they do not only need to have a solid digital strategy, they also need to be aware that their content is accessible and interesting on a smartphone screen. And they need to know that most students don't pay for the news. Now that we know how often young people check the news and what media they use, it might be interesting to know what news sources they go to. It seems that many incumbent news organizations state that they have trouble attracting young people. How is that reflected in the choice for news sources of the students? Interestingly, there are many more traditional news brands represented in the news sources the students use. At least 88% of them provide the names of established news brands. Only 25 students, 12% of the total, indicate that they only use social media and they do not specifically say the news brand. Of these 25, most do not have the Dutch nationality. Only three Dutch students are using general social media channels without mentioning a news brand. Most students provide quite a number of news sources and seem to have a diverse news diet with both established news brands, 
which they follow on their website, app, or on social media channels, and news of alternative sources or that they scroll past on their feed. When I look at the news sources that are mentioned, I see many well-known news organizations. On an international level, students mention national newspapers or broadcasters such as Der Spiegel, TV5, Le Monde, or the Washington Post. The most popular international news brand is the BBC. Almost 30% of the students mention this broadcaster. CNN, 60%, and The Guardian, 10%, follow. It might be interesting for Dutch news media to know that especially the Dutch public broadcaster NOS, the news website Nu.nl, and the newspaper Algemeen Dagblad are popular among Dutch students. If we only look at the Dutch students that filled in the survey, almost 75% of them mention the NOS, 46% Dutch news website Nu.nl, and 36% the Algemeen Dagblad. The NOS does a good job. Because as we know, television is not used very often, but the NOS is very visible for these young people because they have their website, their app, and also their activities on Instagram. Of all social media that are mentioned, Instagram and Facebook are by far the most popular for news in this age group. Twitter, YouTube, and Snapchat also are mentioned, but much less often. So that means that traditional news brands still play a very important role in the news consumption practices of young people. Yes, they do. In previous podcasts, you mentioned that audiences can engage in various activities, but that the activities that require the least effort are the most popular. Is that reflected in the research data? That stands out pretty clearly. I've asked the students to indicate how often they engage in various news-related activities. They could select from a six-point scale. Very frequently, more than once a day. Frequently, multiple times a week. Occasionally, once every one to two weeks. Rarely about once a month, very rarely, less than once a month, or never. Of all activities presented, students engage most often in discussing the news with others, their family, friends, or peers. Everybody engages in this activity, and 60% does this frequently to very frequently. And I guess this is an activity that implies engagement, but is not easy to measure. True. It is done the most, but since it's offline, there is no data collection of it. What about sharing, liking, commenting, the parameters that are now used to measure engagement? Sharing is done by 98% of students. A lot. 41% shares very frequently or frequently, and 41% occasionally. Liking is done by 94% of students, but less often. Although 40% shares very frequently or frequently, A quarter of the students shares occasionally and also a quarter rarely or very rarely. Thus, it is done, but less frequent. Commenting is done by more than half of the students, but most of them, almost 40%, do that only rarely or very rarely. It can be explained by the fact that commenting requires more effort. When we look at activities that show the most engagement... Participating in news production by, for example, creating the news or sending photos or videos to news organizations, the percentages drop dramatically. Only 16% creates news, but almost nobody does that frequently. And the students who work for our faculty news magazine are included here. And 8% indicates to send news pictures or videos sometimes. That thus clearly supports the literature in this area. As I remember from last episode, the way people are engaged with the news is linked to their motivations. 
What do we know about the news motivations of the students? Well, we asked them to write down their motivations for checking the news. 412 motivations were mentioned. This means that students have, on average, two motivations to check the news. When gathered and analyzed, the motivational category that stands out the most is an information need. The students indicate that they feel the need to know what is happening in the world, that they want to be educated or informed, especially about things that interest them or their home country. This is the top three of motivations mentioned. In second place, there is a social motivation to check the news. They want to be able to discuss with others what is happening or they get inspired to check because other people are speaking about the news. This motivation is roughly present with almost a quarter of students. It stands out that not a lot of students have an entertainment motivation. Only three students, one and a half percent, have indicated that they check the news for fun. Even more students, four percent, say to check the news because they're bored. And because they have primarily an information motivation, they're probably also less engaged. At least that is what the research results of Krebs and Lischka showed. It might partly explain why there are less students very active in news production. I do believe that this information motivation does not mean that the news is not important for them. The research results clearly indicate the opposite, and they are very active when it comes to lower levels of engagement and offline discussions about the news. And that brings us to the final topic, whether or not they think the news should be engaging or entertaining. I've analyzed their response on that question, and the results show that the students are incredibly divided here. More than 40% agrees with the statement that the news should be engaging or entertaining. Almost 30% is undecided, and 28% disagrees. This might be explained by the fact that entertainment is also not a big motivator for them to check the news, or because engagement and entertainment are too different, and therefore the statement is a bit confusing. I think we should explore this further in the second part of this research project, when you will interview audience members. I've taken a mental note of this, to be continued. So if we sum up the lessons learned from this small-scale research, news organizations should take into account that young people are interested in the news, they're primarily motivated by an information motivation, they feel the need to know what is happening around them, they're not seeking for entertainment, they want to be properly informed. They follow multiple news brands and get the news from different sources. This underlines the McKinsey characterization of their generation. They have a diverse news consumption diet. They check their news primarily on their smartphones. Social media play a big role in their news consumption, but the news brands they turn to are mostly more traditional and established newspapers, websites, or broadcasters. The engagement of students is mostly limited to the lower levels of activity, For example, news sharing. Only a small percentage is really engaged by leaving comments and user-generated content. Young people do discuss the news among peers, friends and family, something that you can't measure, but that you need to take into account when presenting the news on, for example, social media. Helping them to form their opinion and to enable them to understand certain issues so that they can discuss them with others is valuable for them. Also on social media channels, This information motivation should be taken into account. News organizations should not only select light or funny news topics for these accounts. I hope these research results have brought you valuable insights. Let me know if you have any questions or comments on this topic. And I also invite you to share with me 
what you would like to know from the audience so I can take that along in the audience part of my research. Next episode, I will address the issue of data and what numbers can actually tell us, the more positive side of metrics. I will tell you about my visit to Smart Octo, a news decision tool that is already used by some news organizations. I had a very interesting talk with the CEO there. One final thing I would like to share is that my research has been selected for BESSESUP 2019. BESSESUP is an event organized by the Dutch Research Council. On the 21st of June, around 350 journalists, press officers and researchers will meet at the Roodhout in Amsterdam to network with colleagues and exchange knowledge. The theme of the day will be the popularization of science, and I will give a presentation about Do We Click. Maybe we will see each other there. That was it for now. Next time, I'll tell you more. Will you click again? Do We Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University, Rotterdam.